Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Footwork is brought to you by... The Talent Project is America's bridge to Europe for the elite few, providing opportunities for young American players that they can't get in the United States. We're looking for a few good men. Visit us at www.talentproject.com and see if you qualify. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Mike Lansing is a professional goalkeeper for AFK in the top league in Norway. He played four years at Bucknell University before making a jump over the Atlantic, signing in Denmark's second tier. Over the next four seasons, Mike played for two teams in the Superliga, Denmark's top league. In 2021, he left Denmark to play in Norway's second tier, helping his team to promotion to Norway's top flight. Mike shares with us the mindset needed to be a keeper, the difficulties when being second string, the importance of enjoying life outside of football, the takeaways from living abroad, and much more. This is 90% Mental with Mike Lansing. Mike Lansing, welcome to Footwork. Thanks for having me, guys. Always start with the motto here, so make your own path. Someone who doesn't seem afraid to kind of pack up and travel the world for opportunities, wherever it may be. What does making your own path mean to you? Um, I would say having a plan, sticking to it, um, sticking true to yourself, and uh, not stepping on toes along the way and kind of uh, holding those relationships that help you um, along the way, like close to you and, um, you know, make sure you don't use people just to get to where you want to go, but to, uh, you know, cherish those relationships and, um, you know, have trust in the process that, you know, maybe maybe you deviate from the path, but like you'll end up where you want to be you know, no matter what. So as long as you kind of stay focused. Love that. Now, who are you? Where were you? And where are you going? See that you didn't prepare me for. Right. <laughs> uh, who am I? Um, I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades. I love, love the outdoors. I'm a big family man. I'm, uh, I love to dive and fish and camp. And, you know, that's why Norway is such a nice place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love to play football. I'm, I love to compete. Um, and I'm, I'm striving to, to get the best out of myself. Um, that's always been my goal, uh, to look back and say like, you know, I stayed true to who I was and, um, and I did the most that I could. Uh, what was the other one? Where, Where are you? Um, uh, <laughs> let's see. Unconventional route baseball in high school uh mm. college soccer want to go into the fbi uh come oh, up wow. to denmark play there for some years go to norway played here a couple of years and then where am i going like i said just trying to get the best out of my life and out of my career so um you know the future is unknown and uh, that doesn't scare me so much and you know just striving to improve. You said baseball Exciting. in high school. So, I mean, was, did you feel like that was like the path or were you trying to become a pro in baseball and then kind of switched where did that? I kind of thought it was going to be baseball at first. Yeah. And that kind of, that was kind of the main sport until 
junior junior uh, high school maybe um and then i had a couple coaches for football say like hey you should really try to do a little more with football and i was like okay um because i wasn't hearing that so much i guess with baseball and then i stuck with with football and then all of a sudden in college my college coach was like hey maybe you should try to go pro and i was like okay and then i just yeah went with that wow yeah so I had I had some people that really had some faith in me, which I you know greatly appreciate now because without them saying things in my ear, I don't think I would you know be where I am. So that's brilliant. So I mean, six years into your career, six or seven years, um, and now you've traveled a few countries and played, and it yep. really was never on your mind beforehand. No, I'm telling you, like wow. you you talk about kids that like dream of playing. Right. football and stuff and it's it's very odd to say that like I, I can't say that i dreamt of playing professionally it was just that uh i had a few things and you know continue to work on you know many things and you know uh built something that was sustainable in professional football i guess um and of course i was blessed with some athletic abilities and things like this and mm-hmm. some really good coaches you know shape that so um yeah and a lot of a lot of other people had faith in me so i had i had some good backing yeah love that i mean there was something you said earlier and it was like um using not not necessarily using people to to get further but kind Mm -hmm. of valuing those relationships and and those connections so i'm i mean i think that it's such a great notion because a lot of the times especially people who are trying to to go pro can be easy to reach out to people and say like, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Mm-hmm. So for you, like on your journey, how important has that been to kind of establish those true connections that, you know, you can rely on and not necessarily like, you know, rely on them for the next opportunity just to, yeah. to build a network. Um, I think network is a good, is a good word, but also like, like understanding that, you know, the people that are helping you are helping you because they care and not just because Mm -hmm. they want something out of it as well. Of course, there are some of those give and take relationships, but like, for the most part, the people that have helped me along the way, I'm still in touch with. And that goes way back into high school. And uh, I had some club coaches that I still keep in touch with, like give a jersey to, Um, you know, I know that those were the people that were the foundation of it. So um, yeah, not taking those things for granted because there's there's some people that really get you to where you're you're where you are now mm. um and they didn't have to do those things or say exactly. you know, the right things at the right time so you know really cherish those people and starting with the now preseason well underway well underway it's a, a few <laughs> months of preseason yeah. um in norway season's right around the corner finally or Still a few weeks left. Um, long corner, yeah. A long corner, <laughs> a wide turn. Oh. Uh, what are your goals personally for the season, and what are the team goals going into it? Um, personally, I, of course, I want to play. Uh, last year, uh, Sten uh, Grudebus played. Is uh, a fantastic keeper, and you know, as as you know, there's one keeper on the pitch, and mm-hmm. uh, if he has the spot, he has the spot, and he kept good form all year and stayed healthy, so. He had the spot. Uh, of course, there was a lot of frustration from my end from that, but I, you know, did my best to keep a, a calm head around the guys and you know just be as social as I could and stuff. 
Um, so of course it was a difficult year mentally and things like this. And this year we're, we're discussing with the club, you know, what to do because my priority is playing. Um, we haven't reached a great solution yet, but you know, we're searching maybe for a loan agreement or, um, something because I, I want to play for the club. And so I, I would like to come back and play, um, but we haven't found a good loan opportunity yet. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, if I'm here, then, you know, I just keep a, a calm head and do as much as I can and, you know, keep a good level in training and push the guys and stuff and just try to be the best team player I can. It's not, it's not the first time I've been a number two, so I know how to handle it. Uh, I hate it, but you know, I do the, I do the most I can with it. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, Yeah. Uh, team goals, of course, stay in elite Syrian, um, and, uh, which we did last year. We want to do it again. Uh, we have, a, you know, we have quite a few new guys that came in this year, this preseason, but it seems to be a good vibe on the team throughout. And, you know, the new guys seem to be, seem to be a good fit. So we'll see. We, I think we still are going to get a couple more players in, um, and we just need to, you know, keep rising, uh, raising the level in training, uh, and kind of find our, our footing. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, this hasn't, this isn't the first time you've been in this position in a career and it, as a goalie, it's very difficult because like you said, usually the number one has a spot until they, they lose it essentially. Whereas other field players, you can wind up playing different positions or you come in for a few minutes here and there. Um, how do you deal with that being, uh, because you, you goalies spend so much time with each other mm-hmm. and you're almost helping your competition improve himself. But it's a yeah. balance of being, you know, I have to be a good teammate because this is the current role I'm playing. Yeah. And hopefully in the future, when you're the number one, you need that that second string goalie to oh, also yeah. push you and support you. Of course. Uh, this is just the reality of, of the position. There's a one, a two, a three. Uh, there can be some fluctuation in there, but normally when the role is is set it's like you either have to lose form get hurt or get a red yeah. card uh in mm-hmm. order to get your get your time um there's there's not so much animosity between the three of the the keepers right now we kind of understand our roles um it's it's you don't accept the role you know what i mean but uh, or maybe you're not happy with the role, but you accept the role. It's like there's a lot of tension, of course, with mm-hmm. with uh, what role you're in, and you know it's okay to not be happy in that role because you know you're everyone's striving to be the number one, and if you're not, there's going to be a little tension. But um, of course, like the best we can do for each other is to have good training sessions and keep a high level and and push each other. Uh, it's just going to make all of us better. Um, and yeah, just finding good solutions to to figure out the situation, um, mm-hmm. whether it be loan agreements or or going out and playing with another club, or you know, you, you have to solve it somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's sometimes out of our hands. So, and of course, the coach decides who's going to be playing. So uh, it's not up to us. And uh, I don't think you should hold hold a grudge against another guy unless he's going into the coach's office and talking uh, behind your back or something then uh, there's yeah. not so much uh, you yeah. can do about that. 
Yeah, in the end, it's tough. I mean, you guys are competing for the same spot. You have the same goals. You have the same mindset, really, that I want to be the guy that helps the team prepare and 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 get to the to the spot that it can be at. So, I mean, I can can only imagine this this ecosystem in goalkeeping where you're training with them, you're training with the goalkeeper coach, and there's it could probably be quite easy to kind of compare yourself to the others, like mm-hmm. kind of see, oh, they made a mistake. Okay, here's my chance. But I think that could sometimes be a little bit halting in the way that it's not, it's taking you out of the present. It's kind of taking away from your goals and and what you're trying to do. So, I mean, in that role, because you've been in both roles where you've been the starting and you've been the second string as a second string, what is like the best way to approach that in training? Is it taking it all in for what it is? To not compare. Uh, yeah. to uh, have kind of your own focus points before going into the trainings and um, you know okay I, I know this guy is the one let me just try and be the best I can today and work on maybe holding a few more balls and you know work on my distribution and having my head up a little bit more and let me you know find some points that help me improve because you know at one point he may not be the one anymore or I'm going to be the one maybe not at this club, but at another club. And it's like, if I don't focus on what I'm doing, then I'm not going to be the best I can be for whatever club I'm, I'm at. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's kind of focusing in your own lane. I don't know if you've ever seen that, that picture of the, the swimmers, you know, they're in different lanes and one guy's yeah. looking to the side and one guy's looking forward. And it's like, you know, that's how you have to be. You have to be looking forward because, uh or kind of focusing on yourself mm-hmm. oh. yeah and like you said otherwise it's stunting your growth which in a way can halt a move away or halt your move to to be the first string keeper in that so another thing i think can be quite stressful and and quite daunting on on your mental approach to the game is as players playing in the game is our bread and butter that is the thing that we look forward to the most so I mean, when you're in that role where you're not getting those those first team games, is there any way to kind of find the ways to look forward to training and make those your games? Um, like I said before, going into the trainings with an idea of like what to focus on and stuff and trying like striving for improvement, mm-hmm. um, like focusing on the mastery of the craft rather than like, oh, I want the game. You know what I mean? Everyone wants the games, but like if you can't get the games – you know, you still need to be focusing on your craft. Um, yeah. So I think, I think kind of diving into the, um, the idea of like goalkeeping and, you know, really honing the craft. Yeah. That's the focus. And, and staying on that, um, let's kind of dive into the keeper and what are some things or some, what are some keys that make a top goalkeeper? that you found over over the years 90% mental 90% uh, okay wow uh, it's very i think it's a very high mental component to to goalkeeping you know staying focused uh if your mind drifts refocusing um you know there's so much about focus you know you can lose your focus easily but like it's how quick you get it back um you know being able to recover from mistakes um, these things like they make up so much of goalkeeping, I guess. Mm. Um, and now you can say like the other, 
uh, I don't know, 5% is with the feet. And then the other 5% is, uh, you know, saving the ball. So there's so yeah. there's so much with the with the mental side i think with goalkeeping uh also like handling things off the pitch too you know mm. being the being the number two and all these things um yeah um but yeah i mean there's so much focus nowadays on like your diet and what you're doing in the gym and um how much sleep you're getting and all there's these things, of course they're, they're important, but the, maybe they make up the foundation of it. But then, you know, I think the, the mental side is, is super, super important. And I think people, people let that slide sometimes. So in your experience, when, you know, cause it can come up and down the mental side of it, you can, you can feel like you're in a good zone at some points and you can feel like you're in a not so good at zone at some points. So for you, I mean, again, like it's very easy to be your toughest critic too. Oh, so yeah. when you when you let in goals and when you think you made mistakes or when even maybe it's not even your fault, but you, you know, again, you're your harshest critic, how important is it and what has been your kind of um, facility in, in terms of um, regaining your composure, regaining your mental confidence um, to attack again the next time? I think I have a couple points on that. Um... I think to to this day, I'm still my toughest critic. Um, and I think that's okay. Uh, I think it's, you should be aware of it. Um, mm. and know that sometimes, okay, I'm being a bit too harsh, like relax. Um, and then I think within a game, if like you make a mistake and, um, then I, I think, okay, like don't think about it now, but like after the game, then I'm going to be quite, harsh on myself um and then i forget what the other thing i was gonna say <laughs> maybe we'll get it maybe we'll get out of you later maybe it'll come back to me um but yeah i would say yeah try to try to forget it of course uh, as quick as you can on on the pitch uh you know mistakes oh simplify after after something like this happens you know simplify Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple games like back, uh, two years ago, um, with, with Olderson and, um, maybe I have one mistake in, in these two games. Uh, and then my coach was just like, simplify, you know, don't try and, uh, do too much. Like just simplify. If you feel a little under pressure, just kick it along. Like, mm-hmm. you know, get your, the confidence back and like get the ball moving again. And then that's what I did you know, just simplified. And, and I felt like that worked. Um, so yeah, simplifying after, after mistakes is, is the best way to kind of regain your confidence. And now rewinding the clock a bit before your European venture, uh, you played at Bucknell university for four years and then with the uh, New York Red Bulls, U23 and oh. MPSL, which I'm assuming was just in the summers. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, was there any, like you said, becoming pro wasn't quite a thought, but when it did become a thought, was it ever a thought, okay, let me leave the country and play? Because it went from never thinking about it to then all of a sudden you're in Denmark playing. Yeah, it was It was very quick though when, let's say like my college coach came up to me on the bus once. He was like, I want you to go to this uh, camp. And I was like, why do you want me to go to this camp? I don't want to go to a camp. And he was like, <laughs> like Mike, 
it's because I think you can play professionally and like, I think you need to be seen by some other eyes and stuff. And I was like, Oh, and then he was just like, um, there's a guy over in Denmark that I want to introduce you to. He wants to bring you over, uh, you know, train with a couple teams after my freshman year. Um, and I was like, okay, like, sounds like a really cool experience and stuff. So I went and did that. And then all of a sudden the team that I trained with was like, okay, we want to sign them now. So then I come home from that trip and I'm telling my parents like, Hey, uh, they want me to skip college and like, just go play. And they were like, no chance. Um, so I ended up going back to college for, for three more years. And then, um, you know, got the phone call when that was done to come back over and then, uh, yeah, the rest was history. So, um, I didn't really get the idea in my head to play abroad until my freshman year of college. And then after that, I knew that was probably what was going to happen. And walk us through some of the expectations versus the reality of kind of making that move over and how you saw it before and then how it actually was and how it became. Um, well, of course, everyone thinks like, you know, professional footballers are making, you know, tons and tons of money and, um of course in some cases that's true um when i first came over you know i make a couple thousand dollars a, a month um and you know i have to live with four other guys and you know you get taxed 40 percent. so now you don't have so much money and then um luck i'm i'm very blessed to have not had to have like jobs on the side and stuff while I've been playing. But of course that was not the situation for some. Um, and what else was, uh, yeah, the, the jump in skill level. Um, I had another buddy that I played with at Red Bulls and at college, and he was the best player I've played with, you know, for, for those years. And I was like, this guy's going to go so far, you know. And when he came over, he played second division and first division and never broke through to, like, the Superliga. And um, it was it was mind-boggling. But, like, there was hundreds of this guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, everyone was at that level already uh, and had been playing since they were 16, 17 with professionals. And we were just, like, coming out of college and um, – you know, this guy was walking over people in, in college. And and then when he came abroad, it was like he was playing against, you know, 10 other guys that were that were at the same level or higher. Mm. So, yeah, that's kind of the reality of it. Yeah, 100 percent. And I mean, tactically, you kind of have such an interesting view as a keeper. So mm. like from behind, I mean, what kind of things like really impressed you in terms of of this transition in terms of this difference of level, what things could stand out to you? Well, in college, it was mostly like kicking long, you know, yeah. just playing long, playing up to, you know, our big strikers, they take it down, lay it off. And, you know, we kind of build from there. And then uh, coming abroad, it was like, there was such a big focus on playing out with the, with the feet. And it was, you know, it's, it was a, an adjustment and it's still something that, you know, I have to constantly work on um and field players I, I don't know what it is but they get so frustrated with keepers when they kick the ball away or something it's like <laughs> I, I don't know i hate field yeah. players for this reason. chill out chill out guys oh <laughs> uh, really like relax like i'm not gonna i don't know 
I'd rather we keep think- long than play into you know stupid kind of exactly pressure. safety yeah, first positions, exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's something that I, I'm consistently working on. So, um, but yeah, that was a big difference uh, as well from from playing out from the back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else? Obviously, playing out from the back is a big one. But just in the goalkeeping training and the level, was it a big difference for you when you went there? Mm-hmm. Like when I went from goalkeeper training in college or even at, at Red Bulls to abroad, like I think the first ball that the goalkeeper coach kicked at me went straight through my hands and hit me in the face. Like he hit the ball so hard and I was like, welcome. Yeah, really. I, I was just like, what am I in for? Like, is this how, how it's going to be? So it was a very quick adjustment to like, uh, of course, the pace that these guys were hitting the ball, they were hitting the ball so much harder. Um, and yeah, I think, I think your sharpness just had to be there. Um, yeah. Like I said, they were hitting the ball harder and they were hitting it more accurately. So uh, you really had to be there and they didn't care that you were 17, 18 years old. Like, you know, you have it to does be not matter. Uh, yeah. 28, 29, 32, whatever, like you have to be able to perform at that level. So, um yeah it's a quick, quick stepping smack. away stepping away from the field i mean this transition not only is like a growth opportunity for you as a player but also as a person stepping into a new environment always kind of how the saying goes is you know ste- stepping out of your comfort zone is how you truly grow so from that time era and even until now what sort of things you know living abroad playing abroad in in these unfamiliar circumstances how do you feel like that's helped you grow as a person? Oh, immensely. Uh, mm. Anyone that would have the opportunity to do something like this, I would I would always say do it because you grow uh, a crazy amount. Um, and I think you look. There's so many lessons that's learned from from doing something like this compared to staying in the States and, you know, working a desk job and just being around your friends and stuff like, um, there, there's so much growth opportunity in doing something like this, uh, and stepping out of your comfort zone. And I always believe that like, um, you know, you grow the most outside of your comfort zone. So I also try to do as many things here as like, as possible that I'm not comfortable with. Um, because I think that there's a lot of growth in that. So, um, yeah. And like I said, there's so many lessons learned like along the way, six, seven years abroad now and uh, different countries and different players and players from all different countries. And, um, you know, I don't have my, my hometown friends and family here. So, you know, I have to figure things out by myself or, you know, like I said, with, uh, with people around the club. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of growth in it. And in terms of staying level and just enjoying life, wherever you're at, what are some things you like to do outside of football to just simply enjoy where you are? Um, in Denmark, I tried to pick up like fly fishing and golf. I've been golfing all my life, but I tried to golf outside of, outside of football and, um there was a big cafe culture in denmark as well so we mm-hmm. went to cafes yeah. after training and stuff uh and then when i moved to norway it was like 
you know, within two weeks, we were sledding down a 1000 meter uh, high mountain, uh, which was like one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because you hiked all the way up it and the snow was up to your hip and I thought I was going to die. Is it sledding? Yeah, we took little sleds all the way up this mountain. A thousand like, meters. It was like a two-hour. That's hour wild. Hike. It was like a two-hour hike. Like you're stepping through the snow yeah. all the way up this mountain, and then we sled down. We have these headlamps on, and it was insane. Jeez, that's um, sick. <laughs> and then, yeah, someone introduced me to diving here. Um, mm. uh, so I got into spear fishing. I hated it the first couple times, and then uh it just became like an addiction so uh, now i do it like as much as i can yeah um as much as i can without it l affecting football right yeah. um hiking camping fishing uh yeah whatever whatever the culture here like promotes then i'm i'm doing it mm. love that um yeah. speaking on this time in denmark um there is one specific game that kind of stood out to us, and this was this round of 16 cup game against the Superliga team, AC Horsens, because I'm probably butchering that pronunciation, but mm -hmm. you you end up signing for them the next year. So, yep. I mean, in that in that performance, I think seven saves, man of the match, huge 1-0 victory. You're looking at me like that's seven, wrong? I had seven saves in that game? From what we I, found, From yes. our research, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Numbers lie sometimes. Uh, maybe I, maybe I have to rewatch this game because that's <laughs> not the way I remember it. Higher or lower? Lower. Oh, lower. lower. Okay, oh, well, we're wow. going to stick with We're going to stick with seven, seven then. Yeah, we're going to stick with seven. Uh, shocked, but all right. Yeah. But yeah. like in terms of this game and then what came after, did it feel like like that break? Like this was the, the hard work that you were putting in to like get to that moment? Nope. Was, not at all. Uh, oof. Like in Allborg, I had very few games. Uh, I played some reserve games, but then I had some cup games. And the cup games were so far apart from each other. And and when you don't have games, and I was younger, I didn't maybe have the, the right uh, mental structure for handling this kind of like pressure, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so for these games, I was so nervous and like... Uh, so I was going into these games really nervous. Uh, during warm-ups of this this game, um, I I remember someone from behind the goal saying like Lansing, you belong on the bench or something. Like you should be on the bench. Like why are you not on the bench or something? And it was our own fan, like our own fans. So thanks it, a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and I remember that's and it, of course that stuck with me. And I was like, you know, fuck that guy. Maybe I have to beat that up, but whatever. No, no, uh, no, no, no. we don't. <laughs> That's good. Um, and then in that game, I remember like a back pass and I went to go clear the ball and I slipped and then it became this funky situation in front of the goal. And then, you know, that ball got cleared. And I remember my heart racing and I don't remember these seven saves. Like maybe I blacked out or something. I don't know. Um <laughs> I blacked out. I, I don't remember having yeah. like, such a good performance that game, but okay. of course we won 1-0. Um, and then I don't remember how long after that I was out of contract with Allborg. They wanted to resign me, um, you know, but it was still to be a number two there. Mm -hmm. 
which at the time I was like, okay, I need to make a move. I need to get some games, you know, so I didn't resign. And then Horsens came along quite, you know, later in the window. Um, and I signed with them. And then their goalkeeper, Matai, who I still speak with today, he, I don't want to say he had bad form, but like the team had bad form that previous year. So they were kind of looking for solutions and I had a decent preseason and they kind of just went with me and I had a pretty good start to the season. Um, played the first 14, 14 games, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I got a red card. Um, and then from there out, then Matai stepped in and Matai held his own. Like he did really well in the games that he had. And then they went with him and this is the life of a keeper. And, and that's it. Yeah. I had to look for my next move and Monta is still at, at Horsens, um, you know, to this day. So like, you know, sometimes, you know, this is just how it is. Yeah. That's football. I mean, it's, it's so harsh because like you said, you played the first 14 games. Uh, it seemed the team was doing pretty well too. And then you get a red card situation where you just come out, the striker beats you to the ball. It happened a, th a million times. So then here you go, you miss the next two games and then, your, your spot's gone yep. and for the rest of the season he i guess he played really well and he never got it back nope and that's football and it was more than the rest of that season it was the rest of that season plus another six months because i ended up having to get a knee surgery at the end of that year they added on six months to my contract so that i had some time to recover from it but like as soon as that next uh as soon as that next season started, I was already healthy. So then it was just another six months on the bench when I was healthy. And so it was frustrating. But out mm. back to the original thing, I don't think I, I thought, okay, this is my break until I started playing for Horsens. It wasn't um it wasn't, you know, sometime at Allborg. Uh it was it was when I made the move to Horsens and actually got a couple games and did well and uh, made some good saves and stuff. And then I was like, okay, maybe I can do something here. Uh, yeah. But like, sometimes you just need some game experience to realize like, okay, I can do this. Um, and I think at the time I was like, you know, I have nothing to lose now. Like yeah, right. now I'm three years in, like we got to go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So then what comes next? I mean, you have this feeling, you have the knee surgery afterwards. How does that transition into Norway happen? Um, so yeah, that was, that was another six months on the bench. Um, and of course, like word gets around that, like you're frustrated or, you know, want to get a move. And, um, one of the players that I had played with Sievert, his dad was the coach at, uh, Olesun, and he got word that like, I wanted to go and he told his dad and his dad was like, yeah, we want him. Um, and so that happened quite quickly. Um, and then they put, they were like quite sure, I guess, about me. And they said, like, we want you for three years. Uh, so put a three-year deal in front of me. And, um, you know, they were, they were saying that they were looking at me as the one. Um, and I said, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, and then when I got here, we, we had our, like our first goalkeeper training and stuff. And I'm watching these guys and I'm like, why the hell did you bring me in? Like, these other guys, like they're nice, decent. I was yeah. like, "Why did I come here?" Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know. I um, here we go again. Yeah, I was like, "What the hell?" Um, but then, good preseason. 
Uh, yeah. the keeper who was the number one the year before, he uh, broke his foot during preseason. The other keeper who's like the second or third choice um, stayed the second or third choice. And then mm-hmm. um, and then we had such a long preseason because it was uh, COVID times. Mm-hmm. So I don't think our first game was until May. So it was just preseason match, preseason match, internal match, uh, local team. You know, it was so many games. So it just got in the flow of things. And then as soon as that first game hit, it was like it just hit the ground running. Yeah. I mean, that. let's talk about that 2021 season because it's a, a quite an eventful season. Um, yep. Started every game that year, didn't you, when, when the season did finally come around? So first, what it what was that feeling like to kind of going through those those struggles before of up and down of getting the chance or you know having it taken away from you? How did it feel like to be the guy again and to 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 be the one that's helping the team? It was everything, uh, and that's what I'm you know striving for now to get that back. Um, but that's what you chase. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was an amazing feeling, uh, and I think the first. First game was good. Second, third, second and third game, I think were a bit rocky. And then we just started to catch form. And then all of a sudden we didn't lose for like 30, 30 games, I think, including wow. cup. So it was mm-hmm. like we just went on a run. Um, and yeah, so that was that was really special. That year was insane and, you know, crazy memorable. And I had a few friends that year that were always up for adventures so every uh either covid break or international break we were going somewhere going to some cabin or going fishing and it was yeah incredible and plus we were winning we were yeah, yeah it was that uh, always helps the winning yeah it was a and walk us through yeah walk us through the pressures and emotions of that of getting promoted into from at the time it was second tier and you guys got promoted into the top division in norway yeah um the pressures of it. I don't I don't remember feeling like too much pressure until maybe the end, end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in the begin in the uh in the middle I lost a little bit of form and then you know kind of got it back. It fluctuated a little from like midway through, but um I like to blame that on my on my groin. I had to get a groin surgery after the year as well, but um yeah i don't maybe i maybe i got too comfortable in the middle of the season too or um yeah um but then at the end of the year it was like um yeah then it got quite close and we we needed a a few points at the end um and those games were quite close Mm -hmm. um so they got a little sticky um it was exciting and also uh, a little bit stressful, but it was it was a lot of fun. It was uh, I think I really soaked it in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the encapsulation of a great year, like you said, on and off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, any special memories that kind of stand out from from the season? Um, definitely the we had the promotion game against Old Chisa at home, Pack Stadium you know, fireworks. My sister was there. It was, you know, it all kind of came together. Um, but like during that game, uh, we won four, two, 
and it was you know one zero one one two one two two uh and then we took off and did three two four two but those first two goals were like i felt like i could have i could have had it or mm-hmm. uh, I maybe i should have came for that ball or you know something and so that as a, from a goalkeeper's perspective it wasn't like i i don't think i 110 percent soaked in that day i was still kind of thinking about those situations but it was like it was the culmination of the year that I really should have celebrated, not just that day of winning. And yeah, uh, but yeah, we had some some fun parties after that, so it was I got to celebrate a little more there. Love that. I mean, so that we won't dive too much into it because we did talk a lot about it already. But just this idea, I mean, because the next season after helping a team get promoted, unfortunately, you do lose the starting spot to I mean, a great keeper who has national team caps, and you know has made his way around the world too. Mm -hmm. So I guess to kind of bring it into, into the theme here, what advice would you give those who are kind of in a scenario, especially for goalkeepers in the scenario where, you know, it may not be so ideal, but, you know, to try and make the best out of it and, and, and get to a place that's, that's better for you mentally. Yeah. Um, like you said, try and get the best out of it. Um, and don't be afraid to to reach out to people too. Like I have a sports psychologist that I work with. Um, I had one uh, that I was working with from Denmark up until last year. And then I started working with someone at the club, you know, currently. Um, and, you know, we just work on different strategies and stuff, how to deal with stuff or, um you know, also just organizing your thoughts uh, is healthy. Um, and I think, you know, sports psychology needs to be a little bit more accepted, you know, yeah. um, because I think especially as as guys, we try to like hide our emotions and stuff. And I think it's mm-hmm. okay to, you know, talk about these things. Um, doesn't mean I'm mentally weak or anything like this. I, it's just like, um, you know, it's something that you want to improve and like try and help your game. And like I said, goalkeeping 90, 90% mental. And like, if you're not working on it, then, you know, then it's, uh, just, I don't want to say it's going downhill, but like you should be working on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, try to make the most out of the situation. Like you don't want to look back and say, oh, I should have worked harder, even though I was the two, like, um, I should have done the gym a little bit more. I should have been on the pitch a little bit more. Um, and then also like off the pitch, take care of your mental, like do things that you enjoy, like truly enjoy and uh, surround yourself with people. Don't isolate yourself as I sit here in a cabin away from the city, but that's okay. Uh, Some, sometimes it's, sometimes that's, you know, the solace is good too. This, this is the lifestyle I like anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah. Just uh, and don't be afraid to to reach out to people too. Yeah, love that. Yeah. And reflecting on the journey right now, what things would you say helped you to get to this moment? So, in other words, why did Mike make it as a pro, and why is he still going? Because I'm still going. I think uh, it's always been like just keep going. Uh, there's been quite a few times I think where I could have thrown in the towel. Um, and say, ah, this isn't for me, or 
this is too much or and it's kind of just been like never quit uh, and see where it goes um and then like i said the people along the way that kind of help um you know don't step on them on, mm. on the way up but like uh bring them with you i guess uh, yeah. i still have the same hometown friends i still have the same college friends um you know don't push people away um and staying true to who i who i am i guess um yeah but i did not i did not do this alone there were many people along the way um and i think that's what that's what also helped help get me here couldn't agree more the support system and and everyone that's helped you get to this to this moment right here Love that. So we're going to head into a nice little fast feet round after some some deep questions before lighten okay. the mood a little bit here. So the first one, favorite player growing up. Like I told you, I was not a huge football fan growing up. So it True. wasn't it wasn't necessarily that I had one growing up. But like I would say now it would be Casillas and Tristegan. Love it. Favorite moment in football? The promotion game most difficult moment uh finding out that sten was signing for uh olison i mean airport. you were in i was gonna say we're gonna take a, a pause from the fast feet round can you divulge on that moment for us because like that's that's a very important moment there there were there were some rumors but then it was like uh, you know like they're not gonna take him in they can't afford him um yada 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 uh, okay they're thinking about it and then you know, 10 minutes later, it was like Stan Grudeberg signs for OFCO. And it was just like heart dropped. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not like you want to just hand over the reins, but you just kind of know what comes along with it. Uh, and it wasn't like I wanted to whimper in a corner, but, you know, you come in, he comes in, you see his level. Um, and, you know, they kind of tell you some things as well. And you're like, yeah 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 you see what's coming yeah, yeah. but uh, part of the game we like i said we look for some solutions and yeah uh and it's not like i ever dropped my level or said yeah. uh like i'm just gonna let him have it um right. i still held my own and still pushed as hard as i could but like you know um props to him he did well and I'm sure with that too, just to stay on is I'm sure you can learn so much from an ex a keeper like him. I mean, oh, yeah. he's been he's Technique, so experienced, was, right? Many things. Um, yeah. Best advice you ever received? Oh, I wrote this down. Nice. Uh, being realistic is the most commonly traveled path to mediocrity. Mm. Ooh, damn! Ooh. I like drop that. the mic. Yeah, I like that you wrote that down. That, that's fire. Very nice. Yeah. Best player you ever played with and against? Ooh, and against. Um, with was probably Edison Flores. He plays for Peru. Um, yeah. yeah, this guy was crazy. Um, against. Um, it was probably in Denmark. I, mean, I can't think of this. Uh, Domondoy. Probably from, okay. yeah, from FC Co. Um, yeah, there's definitely some other players in there, but can't think of them at the moment. If you, you kind of alluded to this already, but if you weren't a footballer, what would you be? 
Um, a fisherman or in the FBI or, or, an, yeah, F, or an FBI or fisherman. In my freshman year of college, I was doing, you know, ROTC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that alongside of uh, football. So I was waking up at like five o'clock. Wow, that's a crazy schedule. Yeah. Oh, my grades were terrible. Like I can imagine. That's a tough balance. I'm sure yeah. you were a hella fit though. I think I was fit, but it was not good for the grades or for my sleep because I'm, no. I'm a night owl. So that was rough. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you have a, a favorite book? Ooh, The Power of Now yeah. or um, Tim Grover, Relentless. Love that. It's a good one. Good. Any quote or mantra that you live by? I see you got Atomic Habits behind you. That's a good one. Too. I do. Also, Tim Winning. You ever read Tim Gover's Winning book? It's more recent read one. Winning. I haven't it's read good one. David Goggins. One. That's a good one too. Yeah, that's another I good one. To yeah. David Goggins. Books up. I looked at David... his audio book. It was really good. Which one? Recent one or the the older one? I think it's never finished. Yes. Yeah, that's the most recent one. This one. But he both talked... are great. Oh, what's the old one for David? The Goggins? old one is uh, Can't Hurt Me. That was the one that and came out he... maybe three years ago. He talks in between the chapters with some guy. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. No. Nice. Um, did we answer that last one? Any quarter mantra that you live by? Mm, I don't know about mantra, but uh, treat people well um, and enjoy life. Like, uh, you know, cherish every moment kind of thing. Love that. All right. Mike, we want to thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure just hearing about your path, hearing about your, you know, the wisdom that took you to this journey and everything that made you who you are. So we want to thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. Really uh, enjoyed it. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands that make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed me up i mean he can just he can just mash it together so it's fine (laughs) 